0: My name's Louise Rosama and I doubt it with Delamore I never listen
1: the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion ideas skepticism and adult subject matter Topics will be discussed using adult language sometimes gratuitously get ready to move the conversation forward this ain't your granddad's news and comment show this is I doubt it with Dalamore. Alright, let's get into this. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to episode 304 of I Doubt It With Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dolamore, and sitting across from me, stress-free, like a weight has been lifted off her scholarly shoulders, my lovely co-host, Brittany Page.
0: I don't have anything to do. I know. Like, I don't have any homework. Yeah. I don't have a thesis.
1: Well, you do have one thing to do, and that's this Saturday.
0: Uh-huh. You
1: go and you you graduate. You have your ceremony. Yes. You're skipping the main main university bullshit, mm-hmm. and we're just going to go to your particular shindig. Yep. And ha- have you... Watch you get hooded. Yeah. Is, I guess, what happens to masters.
0: Yeah. I actually forgot, and or was lying, whichever... <laughs> You prefer. I do have things I should be doing. and
1: Are they publication of your thesis related? Yeah.
0: So if Dr. Naverick is listening to this, (laughs) he's probably not happy that I was saying that I don't have anything to do. I do.
1: You've completed the requisites for graduation. Yes. I think that's what you meant. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's all you had to say. Yeah. You don't have to.
0: (laughs) Well, I was getting a little excited. You don't really
1: think quick on your feet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) would. I think we all know that. We all know that.
1: So congratulations. Let me be the first to say. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. It's uh, been a long road.
0: It has. I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I will probably have more to say about it after my graduation.
1: Quote, I'm feeling a lot of feelings, unquote, Brittany Page. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. Speaking of feeling feelings, mm-hmm. you had a doctor feeling up on some feelings on your tits today.
0: Uh, That's one way to put it. <laughs> that's I had the a, way I
1: chose to put I it. I had a
0: breast exam today. Yeah. I you, don't know why you, well, we're it, sharing this. Here's
1: but. what's weird is you came out of it. It's not that you had your tits felt. It's that you came out of it Medical. very, very agitated. And for a reason that I think will surprise Okay,
0: so I wasn't very agitated. I just think that this is very strange. No, I wasn't agitated. I just think it's strange. I had a male doctor, and I didn't know that it was a male doctor. I just kind of selected one from the list. I didn't really look at the names. I think
1: everybody, there's a twist coming that no one's expecting. Okay. Go ahead.
0: It was a man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I just expect everybody in their minds right now is like, oh, she was bothered because a man. Oh. And that's not at all.
0: No. So I was a little surprised when a man walked in. I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be my doctor. That's weird. Um, But that's fine. I don't have any issue with that. Um, I know a lot of women are uncomfortable with that, but I don't particularly feel uncomfortable by that So, or with that. Um, And what happened was before he started the exam, he said, okay, I'm going to go grab a nurse. And he grabbed a female nurse and she came in and basically just stood there while he did the exam. She wasn't even like watching over what he was doing. She was just kind of standing behind the equipment like as a presence in the room (laughs) to ensure that nothing.
1: (laughs) So what agitated you about this? I still I'm sticking to it. You were agitated.
0: I wasn't agitated. I just think it's very strange that there would need to be... Come on
1: now. You are almost offended for the doctor.
0: Well, no, I do. I think it's almost insulting that there's like this assumption that he needs to be watched. And maybe it's for his protection that he doesn't want to be accused of something. Yeah. Right? But I don't know. I just... I would feel very disheartened to spend a decade in school to then go out into the workforce and not be able to give a physical examination and without being be, monitored. You have to be
1: monitored by someone with half your education.
0: Well, <laughs> or just monitored at all. Right. And I know that we've we've done stories of asshole of today of doctors doing bad things. Asshole things. So they're not immune, but I don't know. There was something about it that just was strange to me. And if it was a precaution for, on, on my behalf... I don't need that. I didn't feel uncomfortable. If he started doing something that made me uncomfortable, then he would have a problem. <laughs> so I don't think that there's, right. you know, um, so I don't know. Well, I wonder
1: how common practice this is. Yeah. Like other other female listeners. Yeah. If they've experienced this, because I can tell you, I've never had a female doctor have to go get a dude to come in. And feel my balls or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I was talking to my best friend and she said that when she's had male doctors in the past, they bring a woman in. And so I think it's got to
1: be a legal liability thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not
1: sure. It's not like, oh, Dr. So-and-so has had two strikes, one more. He grabs one more set of genitalia inappropriately and he's out of here. It's probably we just want to cover our asses because we don't want a lawsuit.
0: Yeah. Is it only the straight male doctors that have that requirement too? Yeah, I don't know. Or.
1: I don't know. (laughs) It's a question I'd like to throw out there.
0: And and listen, if someone has had something happen in a doctor's office at the hand of a male doctor, I totally understand feeling like you want someone there to kind of protect that from happening well, again
1: well again though if if that's the case and you do feel that way then you should have a female doctor of course if you can't get over the anxiety that is produced from memories like triggered kind of things, yeah or then, if you
0: just feel safer that way yeah
1: then that's great because now you have the option you well i just want a female
0: yeah well and, and i did have an experience when i was 16 and i went to the doctor for a sore throat and he pulled up my shirt and was feeling my stomach and complimented me on my stomach muscles. And my mom was in the room, so I wasn't super concerned. But after he left the room, I said, mom, why didn't you like comment on that? That was weird. She said, well, I was just waiting to see how far he was going to take it. <laughs>
1: <Fucking> <laughs> hashtag raised by wolves.
0: <laughs> like, so when were you going to step in? Right. At what point? Right.
1: <laughs> And with that, let's get to the one voicemail that I'm going to play because it plays into something that happened this week that I wanted to talk about.
2: Hey guys, it's Alexis calling from Huntington Beach. I'm sitting here, I guess, enjoying a few glasses of wine and I'm watching MSNBC and, of course, talking about everything going with Russia and the special attorney and everything like this. But... um they're talking about the comments that were made um, that became public today that I guess Paul Ryan tried to keep a secret about Putin having two people on the payroll, obviously Trump being one of them. But another one I find very concerning is I believe he's also your congressperson, but Dana Rohrbacher. He's mine. I live within walking distance of his office, and I find this so troubling. Uh, he's just a terrible person overall and then you hear this coming out and it's disheartening and frustrating and you know I kind of wanted to see what what your opinions were on the whole thing and especially true with uh sort of you know indivisible 48 and how we're going to flip this district so um I don't know just kind of wanted to see your thoughts um considering this guy refuses to hold a town hall um and all of their great stuff so thank you guys both for doing what you do you both are taking care of biz Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Nice.
1: Taking care of biz.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thanks for the call, Alexis. Uh, I, I would say, first, let, let's do this. Let's get to, I have audio of a Washington Post reporter. His name is Paul, no, his name is uh, Adam Entis. And I, I have the name of the clip and it says Paul Ryan, so I just read Paul Ryan. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a dumb That happens. Guy. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Adam Entis is explaining the, the, the contents of this audio that they heard. And it's not Paul Ryan saying this, I'll let him explain it, but it's Kevin McCarthy
3: and Paul Ryan was in the room. The uh, Ukrainian Prime Minister uh, is visiting Capitol Hill uh, on uh, June 15th, uh, 2016, and is scheduled meetings with the Speaker of the House, uh, Paul Ryan, and the Majority Leader, uh, Mr. McCarthy. After that meeting, after the Ukrainian Prime Minister leaves, Paul Ryan, uh, Mr. McCarthy, and other top Republican leaders have a private conversation in which they initially start off by discussing what they had heard from the Ukrainian Prime Minister, which is basically Russia's role meddling in European and Ukrainian politics. Uh, The day before this meeting uh, with the Ukrainian Prime Minister, uh, the news breaks, The Washington Post breaks it, that uh, the DNC has been hacked by the Russians. So McCarthy Uh, uh, basically takes the conversation and turns it to what is happening in the United States. He uh, begins by saying, I'll guarantee you that's what it is. The Russians hacked the DNC and got the op research that they had on Trump. And then McCarthy laughs. McCarthy then adds, there's two people I think Putin pays, Rohrbacher and Trump. There's then laughter by some of the lawmakers in the room and then McCarthy adds, swear to God. Ryan then interjects and says quote this is an off the record no leaks alright. Ryan then adds this is how we know we're a real family here. We first approached uh, Ryan and McCarthy's offices uh, to tell them we were publishing this uh, and we told them what we were going to have Ryan and McCarthy saying and their response was to say it never happened that there was no conversation like this. They said that it was untrue. They called it fiction. Later, we told them that we had a transcript of the conversation. And then uh, they suggested that the transcript was false, that it was maybe even made up. Certainly inaccurate, they said. When we told them finally that we had listened to an audio recording of this conversation, they adjusted their statement. And what Ryan's office told us was that uh that McCarthy had delivered in, a, in effect uh an inappropriate joke. Uh and that he was not intending to be serious.
0: Adjusted his comment. That's a kind way of putting
1: it. Very kind. <laughs> well, he's you know, he's a reporter from the Washington Post. He's gotta be even-handed. He can't be he can't say what I'm getting ready to say. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Which is these fucking guys, they're taking a, 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 a page out of the Donald Trump White House response playbook. Really? I mean, we heard what he said. I trust this guy that they heard this tape. I think that they are respected, well-respected journalists with a track record of accuracy. And when they approach him, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's a lie. That's a fiction. No conversation happened. Oh well, we have a transcript of it. Oh well, no, no, the the transcript is wrong, inaccurate, uh, maybe just made up altogether. Well, actually, we heard a recording of it with your voices, so we know it was said. Oh well, in that case, I guess my previous lies don't 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 pay attention to those. He was just telling a joke, right? Just you know, one of those good old jokes. Mm-hmm. They're fucking liars. Yeah, This is the Speaker of the House of Representatives and the majority leader of the House of Representatives.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, to talk about the substance, Dana Warbacker is a do-nothing jerk-off. He is my congressman. He is Britney's congressman. And he does have a cozy relationship with Russia. He went shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union, 1991 or so, and he has been a little too cozy with the oligarchs and the leadership in Russia. And I really hope that someone will use this as a as a, a stepping stone to run against him here in the 48th District of California, because he is not good. Well, One, he's not good for the district, but generally... He's just not good for America to have someone who is sympathetic to an opponent of democracy like Vladimir Putin. And that's exactly what he is, just like Trump. And for McCarthy to say, you know, which may have been a joke. Fuck, I wasn't there. I don't know. But for him to say something like this, eh, it's suspect. Yeah. That the inner workings of the Republican Party, they do know. That Trump's up to something. That Trump does have problematic, troubling ties to a thuggish, brutal, murderous dictator of Russia. So, thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bum you out, everybody. But that is just the way it is. So that is going to be it for the listener communication. We appreciate you guys. Like I said, we're, we'll push some of those calls to next time. We appreciate it. If you'd like to call, if you'd like to communicate with the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at We would appreciate hearing from you very much. Before we move on, I want to take some time and thank our sponsor, Suji's Korean Cuisine, for their support of the show. We're always going to have a soft spot for our very first sponsor, and we would encourage you guys that if you want to support the show, to support them, go out to Target in the deli section and pick up their their packaged meals, which are top-notch.
0: It isn't just Target, though. It's also H-E-B and Costco's in the Southeast, and they have the the sauces that you can get on Amazon. So it's Suji's Korean Cuisine. And, again, you want to go to that refrigerated section, not the frozen food section.
1: That is right.
0: Right? And we've had some people tweeting us saying, who's your sponsor? We're saying Suji's Korean Cuisine.
1: That's right. Suji's Korean Cuisine, Korean-inspired, made in the USA. Additionally, our show is sponsored by and supported by you guys, our listeners who are generous enough to give of their hard-earned dollars on Patreon and PayPal. We wouldn't be here without you guys and your support and your loyalty. It is a special thing that we have here, being so close to our listeners and being supported by you guys. And we, we can't say enough about how much it means to us and how much it does help. Every little bit goes a long way. And we appreciate it. If you too would like to sign up and join our Patreon family, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal. We do actually have a couple names to, to, to mention. New patrons in between last show and this. Sandra. Sandra. And Ruth. And Ruth. Thank you guys. You are awesome. democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Wow, what an insane couple of days in between shows. You always know there's going to be something going on in between uh, the news cycle in between shows, but nothing like this week. It was crazy. We, when we last left you, Donald Trump had fired James Comey and then threatened him on Twitter. And since then, we have learned that he gave Russians top secret information. Then the only hours later, found out that he pressured Comey. Donald Trump pressured the 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 the, the, the then director of the FBI to dropping the, the the investigation into Mike Flynn. And then we find out that a special counsel has been. Named to investigate with the Justice Department and also that Comey kept notes. And who knows what else is involved with that. So there's no pretty way to do this. Uh, there's So much happened. We're just going to kind of fucking throw it out there at you and talk about it clip by clip. First, though, let's talk about Spicer and his entire the entire White House reaction to the claim The Donald Trump's threat that there might be tapes involved. Because the White House has been irresponsible in their reaction to this, just maintaining the we're not going to talk about it. They're not denying, they're not affirming, they're just being dicks.
4: As you know, several Republicans have joined Democrats in seeking additional information from the White House in writing about the existence of any tapes, producing the tapes, and any further information about the uh, potential uh, taking of conversations. Is the White House intending to cooperate with those requests and furnish that information as requested in writing?
5: I think I made it clear last week that the President has nothing further on that. Hunter. No,
4: wait, 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 Sean. Does that mean that the President will deny? I, I think that I, I
5: said, I was very clear that we, the President would have nothing further on that last week.
4: Situation which the I, President I the legislative branch's request. That's what i, I
5: understand, saying. Alexis, I, I made it clear what the president's position is on that issue.
4: I, I guess I'm just looking for some clarity on, on one of my colleagues' questions here. Why won't you just explain whether or
6: not there are recordings of president's I think the conversations. president's
5: made it clear what his position is. That's
6: not my question. So I understand that because
5: that's what the president's position is.
6: So given that you refuse to confirm or deny any of this, how is any senior official
0: supposed to feel comfortable having a conversation privately with the president? I, as I've
5: said, Hallie, I the President's made it clear what his position is.
0: Even with these congressional lawmakers Hallie, calling to say,
5: I, I've, I've answered the question over and over again the same way. This is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, but you haven't answered the question. Yeah. So you're giving a, the same response to the question over and over again, but you're you're not actually giving an appropriate response to the question.
1: Or even an inappropriate response. It's not an answer, I guess, is, is what you're saying.
0: Well, it's not an answer to her question. Right. It's an answer, oh, yeah, it's I a guess. Response. Yeah, 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 It's but it's not answering... The question that she's asking.
1: That last question there is something that should be asked over and over and over again, though, is how are administration officials and government officials who have interactions directly with the President of the United States, how are they supposed to feel about, am I being recorded or am I not being recorded?
7: Mm -hmm.
1: There needs to be an answer. Yeah. And they're just... It is a very bold and arrogant... To presume that they're in a position to not have to give an answer. Yeah. To not just the press. Because by giving an answer to the press, they're they're answering the American people. Mm-hmm. Those are how we get our questions answered is through the press.
0: Although I, I believe that Donald Trump believes and has surrounded himself with people who believe that most Americans don't care. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: And so they make themselves feel better by telling themselves that right. that people don't actually care that they're doing the right thing because no one cares.
1: Uh, fuck. All right, well let's let's get into this entire deal with Donald Trump who is clearly way in over his head as president of the United States dealing with highly sensitive top secret code word level information sharing it with his good buddies. The Russians. White House tonight circling the wagons, saying the story is false.
8: But two former officials knowledgeable about the situation tell CNN that the main points of the story,
1: first reported by the Washington Post, are true. The president shared classified information with the Russian foreign minister.
7: Let me tell you what two former officials knowledgeable of the situation tell CNN, that the main points of the Post story are accurate, that the president shared classified information. With the Russian foreign minister, the information did not directly reveal the source of the intelligence, but intelligence officials are concerned. They tell CNN that Russia will be able to figure out the highly sensitive source based on the nature of the intelligence. There is some disagreement, we should note, according to one of the sources as to how far the president went. This intelligence relates to what is known as special access programs, uh, or SAP, which covers some of the most classified information and is protected with unique access and security protocols. The Post still needs to be given credit for this, I should mention because they were the first to report this. It's important to note, Don, that with any intelligence there's often more than one view of the significance of it or or, uh, what what conclusions to draw from it. So what we are told is that the president shared classified information. He did not say where this information came from, this highly sensitive source from a partner nation, but the concern is that Russia, with all of its intelligence capabilities, may be able to conclude where that information came from based on the nature of the intelligence. And
1: And now we're learning, we know now that Israel was the source of this information. So let's break this down. This is how it went down. This is what what happened. Israel is an uh, intelligence gathering sharing partner. They have someone who is embedded with ISIS, undercover with ISIS, feeding information, operational information to us, to Israel, who then shares it with us with the understanding that, hey, keep this to yourself. This is highly sensitive. If this information gets out, our operative, our asset on the ground could be in danger. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: His family could be in danger. So this, this information wasn't even being shared at the highest levels of government. It was very, very compartmentalized. So Donald Trump betrays Israel, betrays, and whether it doesn't matter what your feelings on, on Israel are. I got my bitches and my complaints too. That's not what this is about. This is about giving an adversary information that was given to us by an ally. And Russia is no ally of Israel. Russia's main ally in that region would be Iran who is the mortal enemy of Israel.
0: Well, and it was reported that prior to revealing this information, he bragged and said, I get great intel. Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> so disturbing. Just in,
1: it's a, He's a fucking child.
0: He's he's just a very insecure man. And I, I don't know if a lot of the things that he does are malicious, if he has malicious intent, or if they're just motivated by... A guy who feels very bad about himself inside yeah. and is constantly trying to do things to prove to the world that he's a strong businessman and capable and smart, right?
1: Yeah. None of that is true. And But yes.
0: And it's sad because he's attempting to do these things and the way that he's gone about trying to prove that to people throughout his life has probably worked. It's it's been okay. He's been able to convince people enough.
1: An effective smokescreen.
0: Right, but now there's rules
1: yeah. and regulations. Yes.
0: And he can't do certain things. And so he's getting himself into trouble because he's never had these rules and regulations.
1: Well, listen, I agree with all of that. The the problem for me is whether or not it's malicious or just the fact that he's Way out of his league.
0: Right. It doesn't matter.
1: People's lives are in the balance now. Yeah. It's not, a oh, a real estate deal goes bad or someone maybe loses their job. Right. Now we're talking about the war on terror. We're talking about effective terrorist operations or ineffective ones and outing of intelligence assets on the ground. Right. It's just... Now we're important. Now everything he does has consequence. Yeah. There's gravity to his decisions. So his insecurity, it affects every human being, possibly, on the goddamn planet.
0: Well, and this is why you want to elect someone that is the best of us. Yes. Right? That's why that is so important, the character aspect of who you put into that office. I mean, we really failed. We really failed on that part.
1: Big league, we failed, yeah, Brittany. So uh, McMasters, who is now the national security advisor after Michael Flynn was fired for lying about his dealings with the Russians and his dealings with the dictatorial nation of Turkey and his lies to the vice president, his replacement is H.R. McMasters, who is an active duty general and he was dragged out and instructed to clean this up give his version of events and again he's doing the same kind of thing that spicer did where he gives an answer to a question that wasn't asked he's addressing something that wasn't reported on as as having happened so the question is simply a yes or no question here Did the President share classified information with the Russians in that meeting?
9: And as I mentioned already, we don't say what's classified, what's not classified. What I will tell you again is that what the President shared was wholly appropriate. The story, the story combined what was leaked with other information and then then insinuated about sources and methods. So I wanted to make clear to everybody that the President in no way Compromised any sources or methods in the course of this conversation? Well, I mean, there there are no sensitivities in terms of uh, me or anybody who's been with the president in many of these engagements. He shares information in a way that is wholly appropriate. And I should just make I should just make maybe the the statement here that that the president wasn't even aware, you know, of where this information came from. He wasn't briefed on the source or method of the information either. So that's a problem in and of itself. The Donald Trump doesn't get his daily intelligence briefings
1: because he doesn't have the fucking attention span for it.
0: Well, and again, reports are coming out saying that they have to actually trick him into reading things by telling him that it has his name in it or that it's about him.
1: Keep mentioning his name yeah. in the briefing mm-hmm. so he continues to read because, oh, I mentioned. hmm, Yeah. What what the fuck? The other thing here is that they kind of got us on a, on a technicality, McMaster's. He's not technically lying because it is wholly appropriate because the technicality is he's the president of the United States and he can decide unilaterally at any moment with no prior resources or procedures to declassify material. Anything he wants, he can declassify. So technically, yeah, he didn't do anything inappropriate, Because as president, he's allowed to imperil our security situation on a whim. Mm -hmm. Come on. And then the the fact that he's not getting his daily briefings, that's one of the reasons why he doesn't know from where we got this information. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is problematic.
0: Well, and I also wonder what's driving that behind the scenes. Are they... Aware that maybe he shouldn't have that information, they can't trust him with that information, so they're not giving it to him.
4: It m- or maybe.
0: I wonder what's what's going on.
1: <laughs> well, listen. There, there. He, here's the, the the weird fucking situation. Here is that the Russians get the information when Donald Trump feels like it because they're his buddies and he wants to butter them up in the in the Oval Office. But uh, the press has the information, and they're told, don't share that. It's too sensitive. It's too top secret. And then later we find out Donald Trump is shoveling it to our foreign adversary.
8: Explanations today from the White House simply do not add up. In March, CNN's Evan Perez had learned from numerous officials that intelligence deemed credible said that ISIS was developing laptop computer bombs to be used on international flights. Before reporting this on CNN, Perez talked to Trump administration officials who cautioned Perez and subsequently CNN executives to not report certain details about the threat, including the city from which some of the intelligence was collected. By reporting the city's name, Trump administration officials insisted, that would tip off American adversaries about sources and methods used to gather the intelligence. It would, they insisted, get people killed. CNN did not report the details. CNN did not report the name of the city. But last night, the Washington Post reported, and CNN has since confirmed that government officials say that President Trump, in a meeting with the Russian foreign minister, Sergey Lavrov, and the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, revealed highly classified information about this specific ISIS laptop threat. The Post reported that the president, quote, described how the Islamic State was pursuing elements of a specific plot and how much harm such an attack could cause under varying circumstances. Most alarmingly, officials said, Trump revealed the city in the Islamic State's territory where the U.S. intelligence partner detected the threat, unquote. It's the same city. It's the same city that CNN was cautioned not to report. But here's the president's national security advisor, General H.R. McMaster, when asked earlier today about the president sharing the name of the city with the Russians.
9: If you were to say, hey, from where do you think a threat might come from territory that ISIS controls, you would probably be able to name a few cities, I would think. And so it, it, was, it, it, was, it was nothing that you would not know from open source reporting in terms of a source of concern. Again, this is the same city
8: that intelligence officials say, if we told it to you right now, It would get people killed. But somehow we are simultaneously supposed to believe that President Trump sharing this information, the city and more with a U.S. adversary, Russia, is, quote, wholly appropriate. As McMaster said repeatedly today, that's a term he also seemed to define in terms of if a president does it in the name of national security, it is by definition appropriate.
1: Getting to the point that I just made. Well, that's not the way it fucking works in the real world. If the president does something that does do damage to international relationships, because let me tell you, Israel's putting on a tough, a strong face now and a friendly face now that, oh, they stand with us and they're on the, the U.S. teat. They get a lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars from the United States in foreign aid. And military support, they're not going to piss us off and piss Donald Trump off. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be a drip, drip, drip of information going forward. So Donald Trump has not just done damage to a real world terrorist situation. He's done damage to a flow of information for us that we're not going to have. It's not going to be the same anymore.
0: Right. Well, they don't trust him. And what's fascinating to me is all the criticisms that he had of Hillary Clinton during the campaign are now criticisms that are being leveled against him while he's president. Yes. So the classified information, that was a criticism that he had of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You can't trust her. You can't trust her with information. Or being actively investigated and how that was such a liability. <laughs> yeah. Even everyone on Fox News. That was a huge talking point. Right. Judge Jeannie. She would always talk about how that was a huge liability. We can't have someone in there that's being that's actively under investigation.
1: Right. It's a distraction.
0: Well, and little did we know he actually was under At the investigation. Moment. Yeah, and
1: continuing on.
0: Yeah, we just didn't know. It wasn't announced.
1: Just hypocrisy on, on their part for sure. So let's let's move into now that we have sources not we but we as in the american people sources that trump did ask james comey to end the investigation to squash the investigation against michael flynn uh well i spoke with a source uh,
8: close to former fbi director comey who confirms uh, the details of the new york times uh, report and also adds some more uh, information uh, this is a source who has a copy of this memo in question. Uh, The source says uh, that uh, Director Comey was in the Oval Office on February 14th briefing uh, President Trump, uh, briefing uh, Vice President Pence, uh, and also there was Attorney General Sessions. Uh, After the briefing uh, was over, uh, the President asked the Vice President and the Attorney General to leave the room. And then, according to Comey, writing in this memo, uh, the president uh, said, quote, I hope you can see your way to cl- uh, letting this go, to letting Flynn go, uh, referring to uh, the investigation into a former National Security Advisor Flynn. He is a good guy. I hope you can let this go. He also told Comey that Flynn had do- not done anything wrong. Um, Comey was concerned. Uh, about what the president was saying, uh, about uh, the impression that the president was trying to stop an FBI investigation, the source tells CNN. Um, And the source says that Comey wrote a number of memos. A great many, uh, if not all, were about contacts with Trump, particularly the contacts that made him feel uneasy, quote. Uh, The source did not know how many memos uh, Comey had written. Um, And the source, by the way, just one other note on this, um, uh, noted that Comey wants to testify about this. The reason he's not testifying today is because he didn't want to testify privately um, with the Senate uh, Intelligence Committee or anyone else. He wants to testify publicly. And also that Comey hopes that President Trump's threat about there being tapes of their conversations He hopes it's true. The reason that Comey wrote all these contemporaneous memos and shared them with uh, confidants of his uh, was because he was worried about the uncorroborated nature that this was going to end up being, uh, he said, he said, uh, and he hopes that there are tapes and he he would love to have them, the source said. Wolf?
0: So, I'm not Wolf, but... um,
1: (laughs) Back to you, Blitz.
0: (laughs) The Washington Post is reporting tonight that... James Comey used to actually prepare for his communications with Donald Trump. Yeah. And this was because he was so concerned about Donald Trump's lack of regard for ethical or legal issues.
1: Yeah. Um, Just no standard at all.
0: Yeah, or legal and ethical constraints, boundaries. And he wanted to be polite in his interactions with Donald Trump, but he also wanted to draw that line and and make a boundary.
1: That's tough to be firm with not only your boss but the president of the United States.
0: Exactly. And and so he was trying to to balance that. Yeah. So the New York Times is reporting tonight all these new reports. I know. That President Trump called FBI Director James Comey weeks after he took office and asked him when federal authorities were going to put out word that Mr. Trump was not personally under investigation. Wow. And he told Donald Trump that if he wanted to know details about the investigations that he needs to follow the proper procedures for doing that. Wow. And This is all
1: brand new. I'm just the first time hearing this.
0: Yeah, so after explaining that there's actually a certain way that he needs to go about talking to the FBI about this investigation, he believed that he had effectively put that boundary into place.
1: And then shortly there, thereafter was fired.
0: Um,
1: Once you create an impediment to Donald Trump feeling like he's influencing you, he's going to fucking shit can you
0: Well this was one example of a series of encounters that he had with Donald Trump where he felt like there were legal or ethical
1: issues It was a little fuzzy Including the dinner at which Donald Trump wanted his loyalty, personal loyalty pledge
0: yeah, yeah. I, there's just many problematic where, again, you can see that he's trying to interact with James Comey in a way that he might interact with another businessman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone that he wants business from. And you can't do that. No,
1: well, n- this not, doesn't work. It's the director. Uh, it's not the labor secretary. It's the director of the fucking FBI that you're talking to, Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't just pick up the phone and... Hey, uh, you want to do me a favor? I mean, that's not how this works, right?
1: Well, here's Devlin Barrett from The Washington Post talking about Comey's note-taking.
10: What's been described to us is that uh, when he was still the FBI director, uh, James Comey would go through extensive preparations for his meetings and conversations with President Trump, specifically that he would do what one person uh, described as a murder board, which is a term from academia about Uh, preparing for a really tough oral exam and he would have his close advisors you know sit him down and throw questions at him and try and see if he could either you know rattle him or get him to say too much or you know uh, say the wrong thing because what we're told is that the reason the director did these things did this practice was because he was very concerned that uh, the president might cross some boundaries, some ethical boundaries at a minimum, maybe some legal boundaries as well, in terms of a president in the middle of an investigation and an FBI director leading that investigation. And so what we're told is that he really wanted to be sure that, that he did two things. First, uh, don't say anything to anger the president, don't say anything to spark a confrontation in any way but also make sure that he didn't cross any lines into revealing too much or saying too much to this person who he, his concern was would press him to reveal things he didn't want to reveal. He didn't want a lot of people to know that these meetings were even happening because he thought even the knowledge of the meetings could you know, influence people's opinions about the independence of the FBI, about his independence, about what the White House was doing. It was important to him that this remained uh, limited to a very small group. We were also told an interesting detail as to what happened after the conversations, which is that he would make every effort to start taking notes about what was said immediately after leaving uh, the meeting or, have, or leaving a conversation. And so in at least one instance, that meant you know as soon as he got in his car, he was just scribbling down notes uh, very quickly. And what's been described to us is the notes themselves, uh, for some of them, are incredibly detailed. Uh, exact quotes, uh, lots of very particular uh, accounting of the conversation and you know I think the folks who are describing this to us to be clear are, are are very much supportive of director Comey and don't think he should have been fired but as it's been described to us it just shows the degree of sort of lawyerly preparation he put into this and the degree of lawyerly documentation that came out of these conversations
0: I mean think about this yeah. this is the FBI director who's getting a team of people together to do a question and answer because pre, he f-
1: like a pre run like a debate prep.
0: Yeah, because he feels that he needs to prepare for how to respond to the president who's going to be crossing the line with him. Yeah. And saying things that are making him uncomfortable and causing ethical issues, ethical
1: and or legal Issues.
0: Yeah, he need he needed to practice how he was going to address
1: these things. That's unheard of, because we have a fucking man boy as president.
0: And then not only that, after he would interact with the president, he would immediately be taking notes as soon as he got in the car. Sometimes, right, right. So there were things that he was repeating to himself, right? And he couldn't write it down in front of him because he, wait a minute, why is he taking that notepad out and writing while I'm talking, right? So he had to be like a therapist. You can't you can't write while they're talking. They're wondering what you're writing down. You, have to, is that about me? Yeah. You have to wait until they leave and then write all your notes down really quick.
1: Right. Well, look, all of this led us to where we are now, where Rosenstein, the deputy Attorney General for the United States, who is the direct boss of the FBI director, has now you know the 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 search for an FBI director still is ongoing, but uh, he has decided to appoint a special counsel related to Donald Trump and the Russia investigation. We have major breaking news right now. The U.S. Justice Department has just named a special counsel in the Russia investigation. Let's go right to our justice correspondent, Pamela Brown. This is huge, Pamela.
6: This is a significant step. We are learning that the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has appointed former FBI Director Bob Mueller to now oversee the Russia probe and look at the possible connections between Trump campaign associates and Russia. This announcement coming on the heels of the news that uh, President Trump asked Director Comey back in February, if he would stop the Flynn probe, according to our sources in this uh, statement that was just released from the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein says, considering the unique circumstances of this matter, I am determined that a special counsel is necessary in order for the American people to have full confidence in the outcome. Our nation is grounded on the rule of law and the public must be assured that government officials administer the law fairly. Special counsel Mueller will have the appropriate resources to conduct a thorough and complete investigation, and I am confident that he will follow the facts, apply the law, and reach a just result. And he adds that uh, Mueller has actually resigned from his position at his law firm, so now this will be his full-time job overseeing the Russia probe. Uh, We've previously reported, Wolf, that that Rod Rosenstein didn't feel a need to appoint a special counsel shortly after the firing of James Comey last Tuesday. Uh, After that, there were revelations that president trump asked james comey over dinner at the white house uh, if he was under investigation and then we found out this latest news um, about the memo james comey's memos where he documented the president asking him to end the flynn probe that appears to be a tipping point so now this news coming out of the department of justice uh, that special counsel will now be taking over the probe and department of justice will now be removed also worth mentioning, we've learned through our sources, uh, that Bob Mueller was actually at the Department of Justice last week. He was there meeting with Rod Rosenstein just a day after Comey's firing. But again, at that point, our sources were telling us uh, Rod Rosenstein was not prepared to appoint special counsel. Clearly that has changed uh, with all of the developments here, Wolf.
1: And, and it's a, a significant that it was the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein who made this decision. The Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, has recused himself, so it was left up to him.
6: It was left up to him because Because of that, Um, and we want to just point out what it means to have outside special counsel. Uh, It it doesn't happen all the time. It has happened, but this happens when the Department of Justice feels as though there there is a possible conflict of interest or there are extraordinary circumstances, and it is in the best interest of the public to appoint outside special counsel. And so it appears, given the news that's coming out of the Department of Justice just now, that that the department feels that way, and therefore it is important to appoint this former FBI director, Bob Mueller. He was appointed by uh, President Bush in July of 2001, just before 9-11, and now he will be overseeing this Russia probe.
1: And from all accounts, Bob Mueller is a very stalwart stand-up fucking guy. Everybody has only positive things to say
4: mm-hmm. about him. Yeah.
1: So much so that, you know, he was a, 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 an FBI a term, director's term is 10 years, and he was asked to stay on by President Obama because he was such a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. So... Let's explain. Let's really kind of tackle here the gravity of what happened. Because only last Tuesday, Rosenstein said, no, there's no reason right now for a special counsel. I don't think it's justified. We're not going to do that. And in between just three or four days, all of the information, the revelation about the Comey memos, The fact that Donald Trump was asking for loyalty pledges, the fact that Donald Trump was asking for James Comey to not continue to drop the investigation, effectively obstruction of goddamn justice, leaning on his subordinate, a man whose career he has in the palm of his hand, clearly, since he fired him. Leaning on him that his your your job is a jeopardy if you don't do what I say, because I'm the president and you work for me. These things are important enough that they they changed the mind of Rod Rosenstein from a no to a yes in no time at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a big deal. Now, some are saying that this is kind of a it's gonna be a bummer. For people who are on the anti-Trump side of things, because it will, there's not a lot of transparency. That's not always the case, though. And that it's going to move very slow. That's also not always the case. I think that there's so much public interest in this that they're going to be forced to keep the books open and give us updates. Yeah. I just, I get that vibe because this is momentous. This is historic. Right. What's happening?
0: Well, and the tide is turning. Republicans are starting to realize maybe it's not best for me to continue to support Donald Trump. Right. Maybe that's not going to work out for me in the future. (laughs)
1: Like I said last time that there is going to be a time where the support for Donald Trump from the elected officials is going to erode and we're witnessing it already. We're witnessing it erode. Mm -hmm. Now, Uh, I almost called him Chelsea Graham. Lindsey Graham isn't and hasn't been a giant fan of Donald Trump, but he had some interesting uh, analysis being interviewed about the special counsel.
11: So I've always believed that a counterintelligence investigation did not need a special prosecutor or counsel. A criminal investigation might. Uh, The deputy attorney general decided to appoint a special counsel. And one of the results of that, the ability of Congress to call people who may be witnesses uh, in an investigation conducted by Mr. Mueller, is going to severely restrict what we can do.
6: Did the Attorney General well. confirm that it is now a criminal investigation? I
11: never got to ask my question specifically about that. But the takeaway I have is that everything he said was that you need to treat this investigation as if it may be a criminal investigation. So I think the biggest legal change seems to be that Mr. Mueller is going to proceed forward with the idea of a criminal investigation versus a counterintelligence investigation. There was no facts laid out as to why you would change that. But appointing a special counsel has created, I think, a dynamic where Congress is going to have to be very leery of crossing into Mr. Mueller's lane because the possibility of a criminal... Justice.
1: There's a lot there, and I think it's important to be cautious because he kind of gave himself a little, little out, a little latitude to not continue the investigation into these irregularities and collusion with Russia. And that shouldn't be the case. Congress should move full steam ahead... Business as usual. Yeah. And ignore the fact that there's this other special counsel with the Justice Department going on and do their thing.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Continue their subpoenas of James Comey on the House side like Jason is trying to get a hold of those memos.
0: Yeah, I think from an outsider's perspective, everything just seems so chaotic and like no one knows what they're doing. And that's really unfortunate because I want to have faith in the system and believe that there are people who yeah. are working and doing the right thing because it it seems simple. With all the information coming out, there seems to be a problem, right? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes. it's what it seems like.
1: <laughs> this isn't just politics, normal business as usual politics, to use the same
12: phrase.
0: Right, and so we... We need to get to the bottom of this. And I, I hear people that can get to the bottom of it saying we need to get to the bottom of this. But then that's not really happening.
1: This is the step in the right direction. Yeah. Because Bob Mueller is not. A, he's not going to fuck around. Yeah. He's not a just collect a paycheck kind of guy. Right. He was the director of the FBI for 12 years during the nine eleven 11 era.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they got shit done. Sometimes a little too aggressively, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So now we're learning, reports are coming out all crazy about all kinds of stuff right now, that Donald Trump knew that Mike Flynn was under investigation when he appointed him to be the national security advisor.
4: Beginning with the warnings on Flynn, we learned recently that President Obama himself had warned Mr. Trump about Flynn. We know that Sally Yates had warned... uh, had warned the general counsel, had warned the White House about Flynn and potential blackmail opportunities from Russia. And now we're learning uh, about this. Why, despite all of that, did Donald Trump hire him on?
5: Right. So President Obama warned against this. And as you said, now we're learning that Michael Flynn told the transition, told Don McGahn uh, in early January that he was under uh, federal investigation for his work Uh, on behalf of Turkey throughout the campaign. Uh, And yet none of that was red flag enough to not be named as national security advisor. Sally uh, Yates' warning, of course, comes after he already starts in that job and and, uh, after the inauguration. But but there were early warnings here. And those weren't the only people. There were people in the transition operation that was set up during the campaign that were saying to... uh, Well, then candidate Trump, you know, I'm not sure Michael Flynn is the right guy uh, for the White House. You may want to keep your distance from this guy. So the warnings were there. And guess what? Listen, listen to what Comey says uh, in his uh, memo that he says Trump was still saying after he fired him. We're now in the middle of February, long after these warnings. Hey, you know, let this go. Uh, Mike Flynn's a good guy. He said publicly the day he was fired, the day he resigned, uh, he, he talked about Flynn's character. Donald Trump has, saw, has seen in Michael Flynn, in his entire relationship with him, a loyal soldier who was with him, who was on the campaign with him, stood up with him, always impressed by the general factor. And there was nothing, no matter how many red flags, that were swaying Donald Trump away from that opinion.
1: And now we know, this just came out today. That the Senate Intelligence Committee that has subpoenaed documents from Mike Flynn, that Mike Flynn has has announced, I'm not doing that. He is denying this subpoena. He's ne- not going to be cooperating with S- the Senate, and maybe he'll find himself in contempt of Congress, mm-hmm. which is a criminal charge. Mm-hmm. But they need to be in going after this like fucking crazy because that's not what an innocent man does. Refuses a subpoena <laughs> from the United States fucking Senate. Something's going on here. And it makes me wonder why is Donald Trump content? Donald Trump abandoned uh, Manafort a long time ago. He, he abandoned Roger Stone a long time ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Why is he so steadfastly sticking with Mike Flynn? What the fuck is going on here?
0: Yeah. I made this comment to you recently because wouldn't it be hilarious if there were no connections whatsoever? There were there were no ties to Russia through Donald Trump at all. There was no connection. (laughs) But because he's such a goofball and cannot handle any negative media attention, that all this has just been about trying to protect his ego and make everyone like him yeah, and this, say positive things about him.
1: It's very likely <laughs> that that we wouldn't be where we are right now if it hadn't been for Donald Trump and, and his fucking Twitter account.
0: Yeah, he has done this to himself.
1: Absolutely. He
0: has made this so much worse than it would have yeah, been because yeah. he can't keep his mouth shut.
1: Well, here's another issue that just came out today, again, about Mike Flynn. It's that we halted a military plan related to Turkey because of Mike's... Mike Flynn's counsel to, to the president, to Donald Trump. Now, you'll remember that Mike Flynn was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from the government of Turkey to advocate on their behalf, and it looks like it worked. Well, now we're learning from the McClatchy report
4: that apparently, right. you know, right around the, the early days, the, the first move to take the, the ISIS stronghold mm-hmm. of Raqqa... Mm-hmm. would be, um, you know, using the, the, the Kurds, yep. the Syrian Kurds. Right. And because Turkey apparently opposed that, and, and, you know, Flynn was getting paid by Turkey. And
10: re- because mm-hmm. Turkey has real concerns about the arming of the Kurds, there's yes. a huge dispute that's been going on there for generations. But
4: therefore then, President Trump opposed that move.
10: Right.
2: Yes.
10: (laughs) On the advice of Flynn. That is
2: our understanding of it, and that is all I suspect going to be part of what gets looked at as we go forward. But again, we know that this is a president who is often swayed by whoever he last talked to, whether he had the full information (laughs) of exactly uh, whose interest Flynn was acting on. It's not clear, but certainly at that point, as we understand it from our reporting uh, about what Flynn had warned the White House Counsel about the investigation into him because of Turkey, this should have been on somebody's mind. Right. It's, it's also it a is, window into
10: what the standard usually.
2: That's
1: right. Okay. Right now, we all, we're talking a lot about how well it wasn't a crime. You know, this is like the new standard of behavior in government. <laughs> it's not. It's semblance of impropriety. <laughs> right.
10: It's yes. the appearance That's of right. a
8: conflict. That's right. And ordinarily, something like well, yeah, I worked for Turkey, but you know, I disclosed it.
1: Ordinarily, it's a huge red flag, not because it means you're a bad person or you're compromised, but it means people may think that you're compromised when the Raqqa operation that's comes up. Sure. You could right. be against it for a million good reasons, but that's... that's looking sem- at it
7: through that lens. That's sure. isn't, And isn't
1: that the issue? It's amazing to me that this is where we are in history. Donald Trump's a fucking four-year-old. That he, he goes with whoever he spoke to last. It's like a three-year-old. You want hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. You want hamburgers or hot dogs? Hot dogs. Whatever they hear last, they repeat. Mm-hmm. That's what we have for President of the United States. Yeah. God damn, Brittany. Mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> well, the President of Columbia was in D.C. today, and they had a joint press conference, and Donald Trump took just a couple of questions. And invariably, because the press is getting the fucking job done, they asked him a few. This first question is about the appointment of Bob Mueller as the special counsel.
12: Well, I respect the move, but the entire thing has been a witch hunt. And uh, there is no collusion between certainly myself and my campaign. But I can always speak for myself and the Russians. Zero. Uh, I think it divides the country. I think we have uh, a very divided country because of that and many other things. Uh, So I can tell you that uh, we want to bring this great country of ours together, John. And I will also say very strongly we've had tremendous success. You look at our job numbers. You look at what's going on at the border, as we discussed before. You look at what will be happening. You're going to see some incredible numbers with respect to the success of uh, General uh, Mattis and others with — The ISIS situation, Uh, the numbers are staggering, how successful they've been, the military has been. Uh, Tomorrow, as you know, I'm going to Saudi Arabia, going to Israel, going to Rome, and we have the G7. We have a lot of great things going on. So I hate to see anything that divides. Uh, I'm fine with whatever people want to do, but we have to get back to running this country really, really well. We've made tremendous progress in the last Hundred and some odd days. Tremendous progress. And you see job numbers. You see uh, all of the production that's starting. uh, Plants starting to open again. Haven't been open in years. I'm very proud of it. That's what I want to be focused on. Because believe me, there's no collusion. Uh, Russia is fine. But whether it's Russia or anybody else, my total priority, believe me, is the United States of America. So thank you very much.
1: Believe me. Let me tell you something, Donald Trump. Your credibility dried up a long fucking time ago. You don't have the currency to trade in to be saying, believe me. Mm-hmm. When respected men and women are refuting your word. When basic facts you deny, you don't have it to say, believe me anymore. And here he is answering the question about denying asking comey to stop the flynn probe
11: in the light of a very busy news week a lot of people would like to get to the bottom of a couple of things give you a chance to go on record here did you at any time urge former fbi director james comey in any way shape or form to close or to back down the investigation into michael flynn and also as you look no. back
12: no next question uh, next question fucking child. as you look
11: back over the past six months or year um have you had any recollection where you've wondered if anything you have done has been something that might be worthy of criminal charges in these investigations or impeachment as some on the left
12: are implying i think it's totally ridiculous everybody thinks so and again we have to get back to uh...
1: everybody thinks so Brittany.
0: yeah every- that is not true
1: <laughs> i think it's totally ridiculous everybody thinks so
0: in fact in recent polling most people are concerned about the Russian issue yes. and and support an independent investigation. L-
1: let's uh let's let the uh, four year old president continue, Brittany.
12: Working our country properly so that we can take care of the problems that we have. We have plenty of problems. Uh, we've done a fantastic job. We have a tremendous group of people, millions and millions of people out there that are looking at what you had just said and said. What are they doing? Uh, Director Comey was very unpopular with most people. I actually thought when I made that decision, and I also got a very, very strong recommendation, as you know, from uh, the Deputy Attorney General, uh, Rod Rosenstein. But when I made that decision, I actually thought that it would be a bipartisan decision. Because you look at all of the people on the Democratic side, uh, not only the Republican side, that were saying such terrible things about Director Comey. Then he had the very poor performance on Wednesday. That was a poor, poor performance. So poor, in fact, that I believe, and you'd have to ask him, because I don't like to speak for other people, but I believe that's why uh, the Deputy Attorney General went out and uh, wrote his very, very strong letter.
1: God damn. This is unbelievable. I I, I know, we should rename the fucking podcast, This is Unbelievable.
0: Well, he's back to blaming... Rod Rosenstein. Yeah. Which, again, when he talked to Lester Holt, he said, I was going to fire him regardless. Yeah. I, I I didn't even need that letter, right? And yeah, now he didn't play a role. And now he's back to bringing in his name. Well, his name shouldn't even be a part of the conversation. You already said you had your mind made up. You were going to fire him regardless. So...
1: P- pick an excuse. Pick a reason and stick with it. Please. Yeah. It... it, it I really wonder where he is cognitively. I know, I know. I'm not supposed to be uh, Alan Francis would be very unhappy.
0: Well, why isn't it, why isn't it enough <laughs> to take his life history and general experience in life into consideration when Evaluating the way he interacts with people. Why isn't that enough to explain the issues that he has? He's used to yeah, yeah. he's used to lying. He's used to saying what he needs to say. That's that's what he's used to right. doing. At the and, very
1: least, embellishing. And at the at the worst, just fucking flat out lying.
0: Yeah, and again, he's gonna be seventy one in like a month or something. His birthday's coming up, everybody. Get ready to celebrate.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah.
0: So this is his whole life,
1: yeah. he's been acting silver like silver fucking
0: platter, and, silver spoon. And what's the expectation that he's going to suddenly stop doing that at seventy-one years old?
1: It's not going to change his stripes. Yeah, he can't.
0: Yeah. He can't change. But but again, this cognitive issue keeps coming up.
1: I don't know. So the other day, he <laughs> gave a speech at the uh, the Coast Guard commencement, the graduation ceremony. And it really was just him complaining and bitching and, oh, poor me, sad me, for most of the speech, or a great deal of the speech, anyway. And uh, Jake Tapper, God, Jake Tapper, always fucking getting it done, calls him out on this and really gets to the to the nuts of it.
4: When you hear the words from the president today mm-hmm. in Connecticut, taking on an added significance in, in the, the the cloud in which he finds himself, based upon all this breaking news, what did you think when you were listening to him?
8: Well, my first reaction is he's speaking to graduates of the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, and these are men and women who will be on the front lines of protecting the homeland. Um, this
4: is commander-in-chief.
8: Yeah, and they will be literally uh, in boats in the middle of the night uh, fending off uh, narco-traffickers, whomever. Uh, it can be a very dangerous job. And I'm not exactly sure the president seemed to be complaining and expressing a degree of self-pity. And I'm not exactly sure what these people who are about to put their lives on the line are supposed to feel pity about. So that's my first reaction. (laughs) Um, My second reaction is um, four U.S. presidents have been actually literally assassinated and killed. So I I think that there are people who have been treated worse than President Trump has been. Um, But more broadly speaking, when it comes to a president who has been treated unfairly, I mean, that president led the charge claiming that the first African-American president was born in Africa. Um, which is not only a charge that is false, but it is not a little bit racist. So I don't really understand why. That appeared to be scripted. That didn't appear to be an ad lib. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But more broadly speaking, every single one of the president's wounds is self-inflicted. Every single one of them. Um, So I don't really understand the propensity for self-pity at a time like this. It's a time for him to get it together, get back to work on behalf of the American people and the voters who are counting on him, the people who went to the polls in droves uh, because they want to be, uh, have their jobs restored, who want their borders protected, who want to be safe from terrorism, who want the swamp drained. That's why he's there. Um, and honestly, I don't. if he's worried about a few harshly worded editorials, I don't, I don't really understand what the problem is. That's just my, you asked my reaction, that's my reaction.
0: <laughs> that's quite the reaction.
1: Fucking JTAP.
0: This was really problematic, though, this this commencement speech. He is so singularly focused on himself that yeah. it is so hard for him to talk about anything else. Or even I just take a step back and try to say something that these people can relate to. Right. Because they don't give a shit about how hard you have it, guy. Right.
1: Billionaire. Uh, (laughs) silver spoon right in your asshole your entire goddamn life and you're talking to kids who just graduated from the Coast Guard Academy who are going to go on to slog their way through uh, a term of service to their country.
0: And they're listening to their commander-in-chief. Right. And rather than their commander-in-chief providing words of encouragement. Inspiration. Yeah, inspiring them. (laughs) They're listening to him bitch and moan about how poorly he's treated by the media.
1: Uh, seriously, he's, he's f- unbelievably out of touch. He, I don't think he... Again, it's the Ivanka Trump thing. It's why she's the way she is, because she's watched her fucking dad this way, be this way for her whole life. Uh, our problems, they have no idea how unrelatable they are to regular people.
0: Yeah, and also what his role is. His role in that moment is commander in chief.
1: Should and, have been inspirational.
0: Yeah, impart some words of wisdom. Yeah, right. That's the whole point of a commencement speech.
1: Well, even if you're gonna rah rah, make it a pep rally. He didn't even do that. No. Yeah, I'm sad. CNN isn't nice to me, everybody. Boo. Mm-hmm. That's that's my new Donald Trump, everybody.
0: He's <laughs> he's been treated so poorly.
1: Ugh, God damn.
7: It's the asshole of
1: today.
0: So you're a little torn on this. You don't know who is the asshole of today in this situation.
1: Yeah, there's. it's a binary. Well, maybe it's not a binary choice. Maybe it's... Maybe it's both of them, but I kind of want to get the vibe of everybody.
0: So Brandon Vesmar from Austin, Texas, and unknown woman who didn't want her name released, went on a date. And they went to see Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D. Sounds like a horrible time.
1: We saw it regular. Yeah. I don't like the 3D.
0: And (laughs) it did not go well because apparently 15 minutes into the movie, she started texting. And this is one of his biggest pet peeves, he says. All right. So what he decided to do was sue her <laughs> <laughs> for the cost of the ticket,
1: the movie, the three D ticket. He wants
0: to be reimbursed, so he wants seventeen dollars and thirty one cents. Yes, That's a very odd amount. That's
1: well, probably with tax.
0: And he he wants to be reimbursed for this because he felt that her behavior was very rude. And he actually texted her and...
1: Yeah, read, read the text exchange. It's great.
0: Okay, so here's the text exchange. Your behavior Saturday was not only rude, but it cost me money. I want you to compensate me for the $17 movie ticket and the $4 pizza. Will you do this or do I have to pursue the money in small, small claims court? I can file online from my laptop, and I'm willing to do so. Your behavior was wildly out of line, and I'm happy to pursue putting you on the books for it. Wow. She says, Are you serious? My best friend needed me right away, and you said my phone was driving you crazy. Then I felt so uncomfortable. I can't believe you would take it as far as going to court. This is insane. Yes, I'm absolutely serious. You are out of line.
1: So what happened was she was texting. He said, hey, get off your fucking phone. It's driving me crazy. And she left him there and he had to get a ride from someone else. So one. Oh, and then also she's I've read that she's um, thinking about getting an order of protection. Yeah, because he's contacting her sister trying to also get the money, Yeah. which that see if it was just the other stuff, I would say she's the asshole. But now that he's like contacting family members, uh, now he's in more asshole territory than he was originally.
0: Well, I think that a lot of people forget that time is money, right? So he how much time has he already spent? Yes. Dealing it's with this, not worth worrying 17. about this. It's like when I see people selling like a laundry basket for $4 on a Facebook page. <laughs> You could probably find four dollars yes. blowing in the air outside. Yes. Just, what are you doing? Yes. No. Just throw it in the trash. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to go through the trouble of the meeting up with someone for four dollars. Yeah,
1: my time is worth way more than that. I'm not. I'm not fucking around with that. But,
0: but well, I want to say. Okay. I want to say she may have been. Trying to flee the situation, right? There are times where people say, "Hey, call me and like act like something's happening. Oh, I yeah, need to get yeah, out yeah. of this."
1: So sh- sh- maybe, maybe he was such a creep tastic that she's like, "Hey, text me and I, yeah. I'll act like it's an emergency and get the fuck out." Yeah,
0: and it, I'm safe to do it while we're in the movie because maybe he'll just stay for the movie, right? And I can leave. Hmm. But the pizza didn't go well, guys. I Help me out didn't here. Didn't
1: even think of that.
0: Well, I've been on the receiving end of those phone calls.
1: I just, um, I have such a, uh, I feel such animus yeah. against text, movie texters yeah. that, you know, I just hope they choke and die on their popcorn. Oh, wow. I just don't like them very much, I guess is what I'm getting at.
0: That's, <laughs> that's not liking them a lot. I don't like them a
1: lot. Yeah. I've kicked the back of seats mm. to get their, hey, knock it off.
0: Mm-hmm. Your
1: phone's shining white, bright light in my goddamn face. Calm yeah. it down. Yeah. Maybe I need to calm down.
0: I think that would be good. But who's the
1: asshole here? Is it both of them? Is it one of them?
0: I'm leaning toward Brandon. Of
1: course you are. You're the woman. What? You're just taking the side of your gender.
0: No, I... I'm not
1: taking it for Brandon. I think he's a crazy person.
0: He is out of control. This is $17. Is out of control. This is $17. Yeah,
1: it's definitely... Uh,
0: Look through your old jeans.
1: Yeah, dude. Seriously. It's a little weird.
0: You're, you'll make up the money. It's fine. <laughs> this is too much trouble. They're writing about you in the Daily Mail. Yeah. It's time to stop.
1: And on a day that's not a slow news day.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There are so many things going on, and yet there is a picture of you in the Daily Mail. Yeah. And this story.
1: Wow. All right. Well, we are going to end it there. We love you guys. We'll give us some... Think about us. When I'm out there getting my ass bored off on the friggin' hot ass day, 95 degree day, watching Britney graduate. Huh. I guess I'm bitter about that, too. You don't have to come. In fact... Saturday morning. You are uninvited. No, I am not. Yep. I'm uninvited. Gonna be like I'm going to be like Brandon. I'm going to be no showing ticket up. ticket for you. Uninvited. I'm going to be attaching myself to your family.
0: Ticket revoked.
1: Showing up. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in twice a week or as often as you do. If you would like to support the show other than listening twice a week, one, you can always review or rate us on iTunes. That is super helpful. But there's also Patreon and PayPal. Go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. Support the show. Click that button. There's all the ways. We'd love to have you join us. 657-464-7609. Always, you can email, voice memo from your smartphone, I it. at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. And until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. (laughs) <laughs> Hashtag raised by wolves.
0: Like, <laughs> so when were you gonna step in? Right. At what point? Right. <laughs>